0: Hey, all Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Usual Podcast. This will be the last episode uh, that Will is on for a little bit. He is uh, traveling around this summer, so you probably heard that on the last episode anyway. uh, So this episode that you're going to listen to is our reaction show for Han Solo. In the beginning, this was going to be episode 137. Um, It's technically 138, so when you hear me say 137 at the beginning of this episode, know that that's the reason. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is Mr. John Skeen, longtime drinking buddy and all around awesome dude will be joining me, um, throughout the summer. Uh, we also have a few weeks until our San Diego comic-con, uh, Pucked three cantina, which we'll be, uh, recording a podcast and stuff from there as well. So we have a lot going on this summer, but, uh, hope you'll stay with us and hope you like the episodes with, uh, Mr. Skeen. We have one coming up in just a few days, so enjoy that. And thanks for tuning in, as always, to The Usual Podcast. Keep supporting us, and, um, you know, tell your friends. Thanks, guys. Last came the Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Ben. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 137 of the usual podcast, a podcast where we discuss Star Wars Yoda Public, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host Marshall, and with me, fresh out of Han Solo, is my co-host Will. What's up, bro? Intro. Yeah. <laughs> we're having some audio issues on my computer end, and uh, we're doing our own intro. So I, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, you know you're you're killing it, dude. Um, so we're just sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverages. What you drinking, dude? Uh, well, during the
1: show, uh, during the movie, I had a uh, nice Bacardi and Diet Pepsi, uh, yeah. and right now I am drinking from the Sun King Brewery, the Osiris Pale Ale, yeah. uh, via John Skeen. Thanks, Skeen.
0: Official drinking buddy. Yeah, I'm drinking, I'm, I'm drinking the same thing. Um, we, we're splitting it. Like I said, we had a co- I had a couple drinks earlier with a buddy, so we're cruising through. It's getting late. It's actually quite late for us. Uh, we're just going to bust this bad boy out, talk about Han Solo and, um, uh, one piece of Star Wars news and call it a day.
1: Sounds like a plan, Stan.
0: All right, man. So before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com, email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com, and we're on Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. I am at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Will is at i Griggs. Uh, find us on all your favorite podcatchers, iTunes, Stitch Radio, Google Play, and all that. Share us, like us, and of course, tell your friends. So, it'd be nice. Um, you can support the show, teespring.com store slash usual podcast. Um, we'll have some more stuff uh, in the, some upcoming shows leading up to San Diego Comic-Con, but we need to put a post out or something about our contest for the Puck Cantina shirt.
1: Yes, absolutely. We do, I and mean, speaking of Cantina really quick, we do have uh, just a tiny bit of news regarding the Cantina. Yeah, we do. Um, but uh, it is very important that we start getting uh, more uh, entries into for this contest, so... Um, or else you're just going to get a shirt designed by
0: moi. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, well, looks like we just lost. Oh, no, it's back. All right. So, yeah, man. So, we'll have some more stuff coming with that soon. Uh, we do not have the timestamps in the show notes this week. We are only going to talk about Star Wars and Star Wars Only. Um, We'll wrap up at the end. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about Han Solo. We just came out of the movies an uh, hour or so ago. And we're going to chat.
1: We are. hmm uh, do you want to talk about the other piece of news first
0: yeah so we we're going to talk about our first piece of uh, one and only piece of star wars news this week excuse me and not to undercut it we did have some tour news minor stuff updates stuff like that but i'll come back with that uh that info next week so the big news that just dropped today was the a boba fett movie is indeed in the works officially officially and it is from logan james mangold
1: yeah james mangold uh who logan's knocked, yeah james mango park with logan um mm-hmm. uh, is just the the latest person to flip-flop from fox to marvel from marvel to dc dc whatever it's all kind of going around and um it's fantastic i mean he was uh nominated for uh for best director i believe this year yeah um and uh he's fantastic work in in the minute that uh Mangold was uh announced to me um i looked at you and i said all right if they did boba fett as a western it yeah. would be phenomenal
0: well i mean in the vein of and that's why i think logan worked so well it was basically it was a x-men western it was it was dark it was gritty it was it was it was awesome. everything that boba fett needs to be exactly so i think if they're going to go down this road and i think i have a couple things to say about this when we talk about solo but There's a seedy, dark underworld that has always been present in the Star Wars universe that we got a decent look at this uh, tonight, actually. So, uh, I'm pretty stoked to talk about it. Absolutely. Any other thoughts on this uh, Boba Fett movie? I'm still not super excited, but I'm actually okay with this gentleman being in charge of it, to be fair.
1: Yeah, with Mangold being brought on, I'm definitely on board.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. I think that's it for that. So, let's get to our... Big news. There's no news. We're gonna talk about the movie, man. Let's talk about it.
1: Uh, I loved it. Yeah, it was fun. It was so much better. You know, and I, I kind of went in. It's really funny because I had pretty low expectations for it.
0: Same thing with Rogue One. I was excited for Rogue One, but at the same time, it was like, okay, let's see how these spin-off movies go. And and I think I, I think I said this earlier tonight to you. I said, well, it was nice to see just events happening in the Star Wars universe that weren't just fully tied to this huge overarching story that had to do with the skywalks and all this other stuff it was like there's a city underground there are organizations at work people are fighting over things there's a castle run like there are other things going on that is not just skywalker invader and, and such
1: yeah it it, it really what, what i think this movie did that rogue one did in the most part but rogue one was more heavily tied into the main storyline yeah um but what this one ultimately did was prove that standalone star wars stories can
0: work they can and, and they did – I think they did a pretty good job, honestly. I liked the choice – the casting choices I think were pretty damn good. Um, to be fair, all nine Reich, I think got the most flack going into it for not looking like Solo and people were like, oh – or Harrison Ford, I should say. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I, if you remember me uh, last year, I kept saying he wasn't my number one choice. Right. And everyone was like, well, he doesn't have as deep a voice. He doesn't have the self-assured swagger. And mm-hmm. I'm like – You got to remember, he's like 15 years younger here. He's not supposed to have that yet. He's supposed to be much more brash
0: and much more. And you could see that development that like, I just want to prove myself. I want to do this. Exactly. And, And you get that as from the older Han Solo, when you get him in episode four and beyond, you get that is the result of all of the stuff that he fought to become as a young man. Right, you, know? and you
1: you definitely also see it in Donald Glover's Lando. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he really channeled ability really, really well. He did a really good job. Even with that the role. voice was pretty good. But even, but when he gets caught off guard, and there's only a couple times in the movie he does, right? You really see the not. I don't want to say juvenile, but the naivete that's yeah. in there. Whereas, like in Empire, when he when he has to backstab him for Vader. It's just a matter of fact. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not something that breaks his heart.
0: Right. I mean, he owned the room. I mean, oh, yeah. Later in the later in the film, you know, as Billy D. But like now, you know, he did own the room on the tables, you know. But you. But could where s- he wasn't
1: self assured, you could tell he was. Then- yeah.
0: Like on the ship, it was more like, okay, what are we doing, kind of thing. But like in the casinos, that's that's Billy D. Exactly. Or that Billy D. That's Lando. You know. Right. Um. Yeah. So that. I really thought Iron Reich did a good job. Yes. He there were moments where he captured, I think, what a young Han Solo would have been. Um there was a couple looks towards the end, especially with Kira. Um I was telling you earlier. Um there's also just some lines and just the way that he approached the situation is just like, Hey, I have a plan. Check this out. And then they cut away and they're like, What do you think he's talking about? And it's like you know he's coming up with something crazy. Exactly. But he's also, which was a cool twist at the end, you really got to see what Han Solo was good at. Improvising, seeing all angles, and at the same time
1: playing co- people off their own expectations.
0: Playing, playing everybody, seeing the hand for what it was. Like he played, although he lost to Lando in the first Sabak game, he learned the, from it. He learned from it. And he realized: okay, if I'm gonna beat people. I need to know them, and I need to know what they're going to do, and predict, and then predict what they might do if they do this, and see every aspect. And by the end of the film, you get to see what Han Solo is going to become later because of how good he was at reading the room and playing the game. Yeah, you know? and
1: I mean, the, the most probably heavy-handed foreshadowing throughout the whole movie was the whole thing with with Beckett. Um, where at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie, they they totally came did a callback to it. Where he said, "You have to listen to me." Yeah. And, but then, if you do listen to Beckett, even when he's not talking to Solo, um, throughout the whole movie, he's dropping little pearls of wisdom that you could see Solo picks up. And the most important one is when he and um, well, he being Beckett, when Beckett right. and Chewbacca are playing uh, hologram chess. Um, he says you've got to look a few moves ahead, and and ha- and Han is walking by at this point, point. Yeah. and so he's. Re- I mean, he, and you know he's not part of the conversation, but he's listening. He's listening to all these little things, and he ends up planning a few
0: moves ahead. Well, and had he not done that, he would have lost again. Exactly, and and again, and this goes back to what we were kind of saying about Deadpool last week. Um, this is an anti-hero story. Clearly, none of these people are heroes in the grand. Scheme of things, right? right? They're all after their own devices and trying to do, you know, it's not about the greater good. It's about the job. It's about the money. It's about the next step, right? But what I think they did a really good job of with him is just like with Deadpool, he lost stuff. He lost, yes. he lost Kira in the beginning. That changed him. That spurred him to fight through, you know, the Imperial Navy and everything else that he was, that he ended up doing. And that spurred him forward. And then, he lost his mentor again when he walked away and yep. all this other stuff. I mean, I think that the loss and then being able to bounce back from that is, says a lot about what we see as Han Solo later for sure.
1: Yeah. And we we're talking about how it's connected to the, to the rest of the series without being uh, overly reliant on the saga. Yeah. And so let's just kind of go over through the, the major points that I think connected it. Okay. I, Let's talk about the big stuff
0: first. You notice we haven't spoiled anything yet. Right. <laughs> Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> this stuff
1: is definitely gonna be spoilerific. Um, so let's talk about the big stuff first. The castle run.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm so glad. Well, we can't really talk about the castle run without talking about the Falcon. Yeah. Um, so let's backtrack just a titch. Before the Kessel Run, there is the um Sabak game with Lando. Yes. And that's connected through there's the there's the um was the Crimson, what were they? What are they called? Do you remember? The organization? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: The Crimson Dawn.
0: Yeah. So the Crimson Dawn um, Beckett works for and he gets wrapped up with them. Right. right? And then Kira is kind of shuffled, shoved off to with these guys to say, okay, make sure this works because they failed the first time.
1: Right. Because, it, well, you find out that Kira is actually a lieutenant in the Crimson Dawn.
0: Right. So she has to go on this mission with them. I know a guy. So that leads in the then there's a Sabat game where he tries to, and he plays it so well. Oh, he He's does. like, oh, I have this badass ship, blah, blah. It piques his interest, and Lando obviously cheats in order to win yes. and takes all his money. So he loses, yet they get thrust into this adventure anyway. Yes. The Kessel Run, though, it's, I love that there was, well, the, well who said the line? Um, Was it Lando that said, no one's ever done the Kessel Run in less than yeah, 20 parsecs? Yeah,
1: everybody knows you can't do it in less than 20.
0: Right. And so- the Han that we know, he's like, well, I just take that as a challenge, oh, right? He's like, well, we can do it, but we have to cheat—not uh, yes. cheat, but we have to—we right. have to take a shortcut, yes, right? Um, but I'm so glad they did. I feel like they really did the castle run well. I'm glad it wasn't all about the monster. I'm glad, although it was, the monster was cool, the monster was cool. I'm glad the singularity having that um black hole in there. I thought that was just the I. This is the geek part of me, or the, the pers- the part of me that loves astrophysics. I feel like they did a good job of making space. Although there was still sound in space. I feel like they did the space stuff well. There yeah, was, there was the maelstrom with the, with the black hole, the planets colliding. Right, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm
1: actually curious to see what uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has to say.
0: I actually can't wait. I'm gonna I'm tune into that one because they they actually, although hyperspace and all that stuff was still there, they're jumping through these this stuff. But I feel like it was grounded in more of a. They spent a lot of time in space. Yes, and I feel like if they're gonna do that and make a Kessel run that's in space, it should be grounded in some sort of reality, although it's space fantasy. No, absolutely, I you totally know? get it. So that was cool.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um. Yeah, so we have that. Uh, we we saw the the quintessential moment when Han gets his pistol, mm-hmm. uh, his blaster.
0: Sorry, and I thought that was nice.
1: Yeah, it was. And it wasn't really like it was just like.
0: Here. Well, it was. It's it was a very subtle take on the moment in the hero's journey where they get a talisman from the mentor. It's like here is the weapon. Here's the thing. Right. This will aid you on your journey. He kisses it, throws it to him. Yeah, the fact that Becky yeah.
1: kissed it too shows how right. important it was. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Kind of reminded me in Sword War of Sparky with
0: oh yeah, Cursor Rick. yeah yeah totally.
1: Um,
0: so we got the castle run yep, and then so, what else we got?
1: Well, those are the big things that everyone was like kind of expecting. Now the little things that we know are directly connected, but we weren't really expecting uh, seeing Warwick Davis yep, and the fact that uh, last week it was confirmed that his character he's part of the Marauders, and uh, the fact that. The character he's playing is confirmed to be the same role he played in Phantom Menace when he was cheering on the oh, awesome. pod races on on Tatooine.
0: I love that. I love the. I love that connection. Um, the other thing we can't we should probably talk about now before we forget the relationship with Chewie. Yes, how he meets Chewie, how they, I, it's interesting, and I feel like they did a, subtly. What I always thought was really interesting about the original trilogy is Han is one of the only ones that not only understand that understands Chewie, um, and he's friends with them. But part of it is he speaks his language.
1: Well, in the original trilogy, he understood the language. Right. Here we find out he can actually speak it. Right. Part of
0: it. But he actually, and then so we realize why later he doesn't actually have to speak it is because Chewie obviously understands, you know, basic, uh, basic yeah. but. I, I just thought that was interesting. Um, so I, a- I do
1: like how they they did do a, a nod to the uh, the legends, the the EU, because originally the way they met was he broke him out of a castle mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the castle slaves,
0: uh, spice mines of Kessel. right? As a slave. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: here they met earlier, but he still was able to do the breakout with the right. the wookies on Kessel. And they
0: freed wookies on Kessel as, among other slaves as well which I thought was cool.
1: Exactly. And if you notice there was a conversation between uh, Chewbacca and another wookiee because the wookies were taken off and he was like are you coming with us and he goes no I'm going this I'm way. I'm going this way. It doesn't actually say it but you know that's where Chewie decides to give him the life debt. Yeah, that's cool. And I, the thing is is I don't think where's what we had in the EU was initially because he saved Chewie's life it's because he saved the wookies' lives. Yeah.
0: And that's I mean and I'm glad they didn't say there was no mention of life debt. There was not. There was just this understanding between friends. And I think what it really came down to at the very end, um, or towards the end of the film, where Han, where Chewie puts his hand on his shoulder when he's watching Kira go, um, that is, it, it speaks volumes. It's it's one. I understand what you're going through. Two we're friends (laughs) and three we'll get through this you know yeah and
1: and that's not the only time that that uh han responded to that because when they're just about to go into the the maelstrom kira does the same thing Mm -hmm. puts her hand on his back and that's where he gets the confidence to go into it
0: and and han has always been one of those people he's stronger when he's and supported when he's supported and i like that we didn't talk about this. How his name was chosen? It wasn't yes. him. This I thought I, that was interesting. I
1: loved it. It, it was very much like the um, Ellis Island journey. Yeah. Um, if you, for those of you who know Godfather at all, when Vito Corleone comes from Sicily to uh, to New York, um, he's actually from the town of Corleone in Sicily, mm-hmm. and so the person reads his name badge. It says Vito de Corleone, Vito of Corleone, right as Vito Corleone, and that's how he gets his last name. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. <clears throat> and so it's very similar to the same way as when he's joining the the, the Imperial Navy. <clears throat> he says his name is Han. And he goes, well, what's your family's name? He goes, I have no family. Right. And you know he a, knows what his last
0: name yeah. is. He knows he has a last name, but he says, I have no family. I don't. I'm by myself. I don't want to identify as that. Yeah. And so the guy, the guy says solo. He's all right. You're solo. Here we go. And yeah. I just thought that was really cool. And he owns it, and and he is solo. He is alone. He always, he feels like that within him, but without the people around him, he is, he's nothing. Exactly. And, I, and I think that's what, um, I, I honestly think that it would be interesting to rewatch the earlier films after seeing this. Only right. only in that, the especially with Force Awakens, um, uh, especially with the Force Awakens, I feel like the, that moment towards the end between the two of them, would mean a lot not a lot more because it meant a lot but there's more backstory there that we kind of thought about but now that we've seen it like watching them part and ha- that detonator scene chokes me up every time yeah he's like he's like he, what does he say he gives it to him and he says uh um you hold this or something like it's just it's just like a, almost a throwaway line but it's like you know that's the last time he's going to talk to his friend yeah exactly. you know um Anyway, so I got off on a tangent, but I, I love the relationship. I love that how they met. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just the two friendships. I feel like they did a good job. They did a good job with Chewy, and they did a great job with Lando.
1: Yeah, exactly. They they played those perfectly. Um, now the the last, I mean, this is definitely a heavy spoiler, mm-hmm. um, but the last big part that connects to the main universe. Let's talk about Maul.
0: Yeah. So. Um, to back up just a little bit, there's a heist of sorts. There is, they're trying to get the um, I don't remember what it's called, coaxial, co, whatever the coaxium. Coaxium. They're trying to get that refined. Then the marauders,
1: hyperspace fuel.
0: Yeah, the marauders show up. Um, the marauders aren't what we think, which was a cool twist.
1: Turns out they're the spark of the rebellion. They're
0: the beginning of the rebellion. So that was a pretty cool little nod to later films. So we get that, and then basically. All attention is put back to the Crimson Tide or Crimson, oh, I keep saying Crimson, Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. So they're waiting for them to show up. They know there's going to be an interaction and they're making their plans, right? Right. I like how that played out. We kind of talked about it earlier, but on the back end of it, once it's all said and done, once Han and them get away with the caper, right? Right. Kira basically says, go.
1: Right. Because right. we find out throughout the movie i mean it really heavy handed it a couple of times that um um that the paul bettany character isn't really i mean he's the big bad but he has a boss too
0: yeah and and they they've alluded to and we should have picked up on it earlier the fact that it's called crimson makes sense but yes so that continues he has a boss she ends up killing him her boss right, right? um and there's that moment and and Star Wars movies, I feel like, do this really well. She, in my head, turned to the dark side then. she said, She said, I'm going to, I'm taking this upon myself. I've let go of my past. Solo's gone. He'll be fine. Now I'm going to take care of myself, and I'm going to take over for the guy who oppressed me. Let me see who the boss is. And it turns out it's Maul.
1: Yeah. Well, I think she knew who, I think she knew. You think so?
0: I do. I don't know if she knew, but anyway. I think so. Okay. Um.
1: But it plays on multiple levels because we already know that Maul has another person he's reporting
0: to. Right. So, and then, obviously, that eludes to the fact that the Empire is be- behind a lot more than we think.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um but,
0: Yeah. But so- the Maul, the, the, having Maul there sitting there like, oh. Now, I, I really feel like, I'm glad he didn't say the word apprentice, but I feel like it was heavily implied. We're going to be working together closely from now on
1: and the fact that he called her to dathomir
0: yeah and and i think in some of the eu and and all this other stuff going on it's implied that sith always have secret apprentices and i like to think that kira is his secret apprentice yeah well
1: when they're taking when they're invading the, the spice mine and she kills the director right you know she's been trained oh yeah and, and she, I, I don't think she was trained by Voss because he was much more of a face of the organization. Right. I think she's secretly bench being trained by Ma.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And so um, if if what we talked about last week makes sense or, or is a thing, it seems like we're going to have more movies in this. Yeah. It seems like this is going to be a trilogy. these people. Yes. You know, which I love. Oh, absolutely. You know? I
1: think it totally played a great.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, all right, so what else do we want to talk about?
1: Uh, a couple things that we think might be connected, but they never really came out and said. Um, the leader of the Marauders, I think, might be Sana. Yeah. From the comic. Um, it's a different name in this one. Her name is Inverse Nest, mm-hmm. um, which also is a nice subtle hint to Nest is the birth of right. the rebellion. It's where it's being birthed. You know, so it's the same sort of thing. Um, I like that. So, yeah, okay. so little things like that.
0: Yeah. Um... I like to see what happens with that that crew. I bet they're affiliated with the the crew of the ghost. There's oh, gonna I'm be sure. there's gonna be some connection it's, there.
1: I would think that they're another
0: cell. Exactly. So I like I like that. Um and again, I like that we didn't have to know this story, but the fact that we do know it broadens what we see later. Right. Um with the with the rebellion, the animated stuff and everything else. Um what else do I like? The music. Uh there was one cue there which I loved um where you get the when they're going on the castle run and i and i told you this during the film right, or the asteroid belt theme. yeah the asteroid belt theme from empire was played and i thought that was perfect
1: yeah and the you know that you hear it when you saw the star destroyer you heard the empire theme which was great when yeah. they're doing the block that was a
0: cool ass shot oh with very that cool with shot. that the Star Destroyer, like just half of it in the maelstrom you yeah know? That, was it, cool. that was
1: really cool and then um you heard the, uh, the the main Star Wars theme when they finally escaped the Maw. So there's yeah. a couple of different points. But what I liked is um, that this, the music, uh, John Powell, who did it, who uh, also took over for um, John Williams in the Harry Potter series. Oh, he did, really? He, yeah, he did later Harry Potter. Interesting. Scores. Um, he had a very heavy, I mean, Williams has a very heavy classical influence anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Powell took it to another level. A lot of, I mean, even the, especially the credits closing at the end, the end credits, very classic.
0: There was one, mo- there was one moment where there was a, um, a uh, choir. Is that the way to, um, uh, right, a yeah. vocal group, yeah, um, choir. Uh, at some point, which I thought was a was a nice touch as well.
1: Yeah, in onsite when when did that come? I'm out? trying to remember. It um, wasn't when Mall came out, was it? Because the only other time mm. we've ever had a choir in the Star Wars universe oh. was during the Duel of the Fates.
0: It was when the Marauders showed up on the beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and there was that high pitch kind of singing. Well, what was great about that is yeah. you
1: find out later in the scene that the people who were actually on the beach, not the Marauders, but the locals, yeah. had had their tongues ripped oh, out. That was
0: so cool. That was, I mean, and when she's telling that story and then the, the camera's panning around and- there was an eerie moment before the Marauders showed up where they're walking They said, oh, we got to go up here. They're walking up there and nobody's speaking. Exactly. Nobody is saying a thing. And it was – and you don't think about it until she starts telling that story. It's like, oh, none of these people have tongues, you know. Yep. And so that was that story. And then I did like the reveal where she tells that story and she says, look, all of us, everybody in our group has lost something. It's very much like the ghost um, and the and the rebels. Yeah. You know what I mean? They all come from something, they all have some reason that they're that they want to rebel. Exactly. I, I
1: i honestly think that they are another cell.
0: Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, what else do you want to talk about, dude?
1: Um I loved it. I just overall I thought it was a great film. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I definitely want to watch it again. There's definitely a lot a lot of little subtle cues. For sure. Um oh one thing I didn't mention, and you didn't catch us either. At the, end, uh, at the end, when Kira is talking to Maul, um, she, bring, she brings down the shade, so it gets really dark in the room, and it does a pan, and in the background, you see a silhouette of a Mandalorian armor, but it's not Mandalorian. It looks like Boba Fett. Yeah. It's and got the, the, the thing coming out of the helmet and everything, and I'm like, okay, well, is that just a set of armor, or is, there, is it... That would be cool if Boba Fett was actually in the background just
0: waiting to search. In the background with Maul. No, no, was, with her. He was on the ship. Okay, no, I did. Okay, I did see that, and I don't. I didn't. I didn't read it as Mandalorian armor. I actually thought it was a person standing back there. Yeah, I, it might be Boba Fett. Right, and so I do remember that. Oh,
1: they actually referenced Bosk earlier too. They did.
0: The Bosk thing was cool. We both looked at each other like Bosk. Um, yeah. So there's okay. Now that I'm I'm thinking of that scene differently now. I did see that back there, and it was almost. It, yeah it was silhouetted in a way it was hard to tell if it was but she was alone in that room i felt like you know what i mean so yeah. i don't know um but we also don't know again this is that yacht we don't know what suits of armor he has sitting around exactly. that kind of thing so i mean
1: obviously by the the blades that he's using he's mm-hmm. definitely a collector
0: yeah that yacht was cool too yeah it's like straight vertical though i thought that yep. was badass that was cool um all right man well uh, i'm just trying to think of anything else we need to bring up i think we covered most of it
1: i thought i just overall very enjoyable i definitely can't wait to see it again
0: yeah the the other thing we didn't really talk about was the the first crew but we don't really have to because again part of this journey was losing people right well Um,
1: john favreau is fantastic he played the original four-armed pilot yeah that was cool and he was great very funny sense of humor yeah
0: um he was great and And then 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 sandy newton and then the girl, and, and then was was just awesome, right? She was good. Um, yeah. I mean, overall, yeah. well, I think. First of all,
1: how about the the relationship between Lando and Leet?
0: Yeah, that was a trip. Um, what I liked what I liked about it was clearly there was um more there than even the droid was saying. Like, there's that moment where where the droid's talking to Kira, Kira, and it's like, well. You could tell he likes me, but you know I and you really
1: I, find it. And you're, th- you're thinking that the droid is definitely reading something, yeah. Yet, but then you find out Lena really has
0: feelings for the droid. But also, Kira makes this comment. She's like, "How would that work?" He's, she's like, "It works." And it's like, "Oh, so they've had something already, and they both have feelings, but neither of them are acknowledging it." Right. And I thought that was cool. And that scene where where she gets hit, where Lee gets hit, and, and he just won't give and, up. On and her. he is bringing her out. He gets hit. I mean. It was a really cool moment. Um and then everybody basically, you know, eventually Chewie gets in there and hauls them both out. Um
1: Yeah, and then ultimately when her processor gets put into the the ship and her basically her soul gets put into yeah, the ship. And I
0: thought that was a nice touch, becoming she he's like, you know, she's part of the ship now. She's part of the ship now and that, that was, was cool. perfect. Yeah. And I think that's a good place and to end. And now
1: you it. understand why Lando has such a connection
0: to the ship. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um All right. I think it's it. That's a good place to end it, dude. So, thanks for tuning in to The Usual Podcast. If you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Um, I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Will is at Imo Griggs. Find us on your favorite podcatchers. Support the show, teespring.com slash store slash usualpodcast um, to get your gear. And we also have audibletry.com slash usualpodcast and the best way to support the show monetarily is is patreon.com slash usual podcast um we have a lot of content up there we have uh tears you can give us a little bit you can give us a lot um become an official drinking buddy however you want to do it and support your favorite geeks
1: Where's their favorite geek.
0: <laughs> you like to, i'd like to think so uh,
1: we'd like to think so yeah <laughs> anything else my friend uh no just make sure uh, as always have a fun
0: yeah all right have a fun we'll see y'all next week peace